inaugural episode of pod number two. Not sure what the name is going to get called yet. But this one is more uh, more non-baseball specific. It's NBA, NFL, worldly topics, uh, really anything that's going on in this in the sports world, particularly, which right now is the NBA playoffs. Um, right now, I know that the only team eliminated is the 76ers, correct? And the Nets. And the Nets. Well, yeah, yeah. The the only real team eliminated right now is the 76ers. <laughs> Um, the Nets won't be a, a legitimate contender, in my opinion, until they get Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving has kind of shown his true colors, um, even though he opted out anyways. So, like, th- they weren't much to watch anyways. Yeah, so uh, right now, I guess Raptors, Nets, and uh, Celtics Sixers series have kind of wrapped up. And then uh, also in the East, Milwaukee's currently up 2-1 on the Magic. Heat lead the Pacers 3-0, and then in the West we've got uh, tra- Lakers up 2-1 on the Trailblazers, Rockets up, or, yeah, Rockets up 2-1 on the Thunder, uh, Nuggets and Jazz are uh, at halftime in Game Four. Nuggets are up one, and uh, Clippers Mavs tied 2-2. That's probably most surprising for me. Yeah, I mean, we can start Clippers Cavs there, and. I want to start with Luca. The dude's been insane, and I I've said this before. I will admit I was completely 100% wrong on my take with him coming over. I I watched a lot of mixtapes. That's when I I would say I was really entrenched into the um the you know the prospect world of things, the draft, the the overtime mixtapes, and he looked like a real crafty guy. But I thought he was going to be too slow in the NBA. He was going to get pushed around a little bit, um, and he would have been your like. You know, your third guy, you know, maybe the missing piece that takes you from championship contender to championship favorite. But I definitely didn't think he'd be the star like he is today. Oh, no. I, I mean, I, I thought he'd be pretty good. I had no idea he would be this good this quick. Um, to see just the way he plays the game. And like today, sprained his ankle in game three. I didn't think he was even going to come back into game three, let alone come out tonight and uh, drop a 40-point triple-double and hit a game-winner in OT. Just absolutely ridiculous. Um, is he a top-five player in basketball right now? Ooh, it's close. It's really close. I mean, right I, now – I think I got to put him top he, five. Yeah, he would have to slip into that five spot because it's just right off, right off the rip here. Anthony Davis, LeBron, Giannis, and Kawhi are top four. And I think that fifth spot's really up for debate. I would say with Paul George kind of floundering the way he is, um, Jimmy Butler isn't the superstar he once was. But Luca is insane. I'm gonna have to go Harden over him for the time being. I think it's real close. I think Harden may be a little improving. I know I like Harden probably a little bit more than you do. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to keep Harden there just think, for the time I, being. It's real close. I think I'd have to put Luca ahead of Harden now, but. That's no knock on Harden. That's just how good Luka is. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Um, on the flip side of this series, Paul George, man, playoff P. What has happened here? How are you going to give yourself a nickname like that? And Did you see what Barkley said about him? Championship Chuck. Yeah, he said, how are you going to call yourself playoff P? They don't call me championship Chuck. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. He's just not showing up. He's getting outplayed. 
you know, I was listening to the Russillo podcast the other day, and he makes a great point about Paul George is if you want to be a true superstar in the NBA, every night I can't think that I can't not I can't be surprised that you only scored 13 points. I can't not be surprised, right? If LeBron scores 13, I'm surprised. Even yeah. if guys like Damian Lillard scores only 13, I'm surprised. A guy like Paul George scores 13, I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. That's he, I, I, he is good, but I I have always thought he's been in that second tier of guys. I don't even think he's a 1B. I mean, he needs a guy like Kawhi leading the team he's on. He He's kind of like Kyrie to me a bit. Just a, He's got a lot of talent. But he's kind of overrated in how much he contributes to actually winning basketball games. And I don't – he's never going to be the number one on a championship contender. Yeah, if if I was building a basketball player today, I think Paul George would fit right up that alley. Oh, absolutely. Six, six seven, six, eight, quick, can shoot the three ball, can play extremely Prince good defense. And, yeah, he – athletic as all get out can run the point position and then he takes all of that and is just wildly inconsistent with it like paul george scores 40 cool that he could do that every night paul george scores nine on 10 on two of 14 okay like i shouldn't i a superstar i that that's what it breaks down to i am surprised when anthony davis when lebron when lillard when Hard, Giannis, anybody like that, anyone above him, I'm surprised when they're not scoring 20 a game. When Paul George, it's become such a norm with him to be that inconsistent that it it doesn't even faze me. And that's why the Clippers will not go anywhere. The Clippers will not beat the Lakers if they even get there. And that's why Paul George will never be a 1A guy, and he's a borderline 1B guy at this point. He's turning into the Chris Bosh of teams right now, where he might be your third guy. Yeah, uh, I mean, I still think he's the second best player on that team, but man, I Landry Shamit looks better than him right now. By a mile, Landry Shamit yeah. looks disgusting. Landry Shamit is a guy I know. If, if he catches the ball on a on a on a curl around or on a off off ball pit, like, he's gonna hit a three. Like I'm not worried about that. Paul George, I'm still worried about that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna get. Um. I really see this this series going in the way of Dallas here. Um, I, I don't see it going any other way. Chris Stops looks way better than I thought he would. Uh, I was watching, I believe it was game two, and he was picking and popping with Luka from 30 feet and just with contested, just you know using all six foot or seven foot four of him and just pulling threes and banging them home like it's nothing. Hey. Like. They are a ridiculous combo. Uh, Porzingis actually didn't play today. Was he hurt? Yeah, knee. And he's questionable for game five, and they yeah. still won without him. Of course Luke, he is. Luke, Luke is on one leg without Porzingis out here beating up on Paul George. Porzingis has had a questionable career. He, he's a permanent cue next to his name Yeah. In fantasy basketball. But no, I saw an, I saw an interesting stat about uh, Porzingis. The Mavs are have not won a game in which he scored more than thirty. Probably, he, probably the only reason he's scoring more than thirty is because Luca's struggling that night. Yeah, struggling in garbage time. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only thing I can think of. But man, look, forty point triple double in the playoffs against 
Kawhi and PG on one leg. Yeah, and I, I, Kawhi is just as good though. Oh like, yeah. On the flip side, at least when we're talking he's about the Clippers, kind of he's Paul George is still insane. Oh yeah, I I mean he's still a top fifteen, top ten player in basketball, but I do think he's definitely a step below Kawhi, LeBron, Giannis, Harden, AD, even Luca. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we can't talk about George without talking about Lillard. And, you know, I've said his name twice already, and I have been adamant that I think Lillard needs to tweet less and comment less on things. But at the same time, I'm not worried about Damian Lillard's play. Yeah. Damian Lillard's going to get me 26 and 8 every night, and it's going to be consistent. And he could drop 40, but when he doesn't, he's scoring 20. That That's the difference. But I do think Damian Lillard could do less tweeting and let his play talk for himself a little more. I think he does both, though. I think his play talks, and he does a little bit of tweeting. And I, I don't have a problem with him calling out Paul George because, I mean, yeah, Lillard hasn't been the most successful in the playoffs, but he put George out of the playoffs last year when they arguably had about the same quality team. Uh, he's put Harden out in the playoffs before. They made a conference finals last year. Uh, I mean, he's faced some stiff competition in the West, and – not that Paul George hasn't, but I I do. I mean, Lillard's bided his time in Portland, and they finally got a pretty good team around him, and they're playing really good basketball. And Paul George is kind of team hopped. I mean, he had a pretty good team around him in OKC and jumped ship to go play with Kawhi. I see where Lillard's coming from. Yeah, you know, PG's stint in OKC. I don't. It, it, it doesn't. I like forget it happens sometimes. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure why. It really kind of just leaves the brain, but yeah, it has to be because they didn't do anything. He was like, he was Katie's like Katie Light. He was trying to be Katie's replacement. He was garbage at it. He was yeah. terrible at it. So, yeah, I just, I just don't know. But P Portland doesn't look bad. I think Portland is built for today's NBA. Um, I yeah. think, I think having two guards who can score is the way. And that's simply because if you need to trap one of them, you have McCollum going four on three versus their defense, and McCollum can score at the same click, clip Lillard can. Um, that they, they look good. I like I like the Blazers. Um, I just I just wish Lillard would tweet a little yeah. less. He, he has all the right to. He has all the right to. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not. It's but. tough. I mean, they they didn't have a great record this year, thirty five and thirty nine, which is probably worse than I would have pegged them at, but I mean, they're giving LA a fight and I have a hard time believing they wouldn't beat the Rockets, especially the Thunder. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to be a tough matchup. For everyone. Yeah. Um, but now could just continuing on down the list, the 76ers, man, eliminated from the playoffs. Um, I, th I think that's really on the end of Ben Simmons getting hurt. Um, is this the end for Brett Brown though? Because we, 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 we can debate the Simmons and Embiid thing back and forth for a while, but I don't think they're going to be broken up anytime soon. Um, but it has to be then to Brett Brown. Yeah, I, I mean, it's one thing to lose the series. It's another thing to just get swept outright. Yeah. And, and I know Simmons was hurt. I'm not the biggest Simmons fan. I think he's a little bit overrated, but he's still a darn good basketball player, and it's got to be the end for Brett Brown. I. 
stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I, I think they've kind of seen what they have in a coach with Brett Brown. And if they continue to bring him back, they can't expect anything except first round playoff exits. Yep. I, I completely agree. And I was listening to Raja Bell talk about it the other day. And obviously Raja Bell is part of good teams in Phoenix. He was, you know, your, your bench guy, but he was talking about the Sixers and kind of the tanking, the, how they tanked and, you know, got all these good players. And he has a good point. Not only does does winning create a winning culture, losing creates a losing culture. Yeah. Like you, you get complacent when things get tough, you roll over because that's all you've ever done. Um, I, I still think we see that with Joel Embiid game in and game out. Um, He's extremely talented, but some days I think he could do more. Some days I think there's a lot of finger pointing. But again, it all starts with Brett Brown in this experiment of tanking. Yeah, the Sixers are in a really tough spot for me. I think Brown's got to go. But as far as personnel, they've got talent, but none of them fit together. No. And I don't know what you can do about that. I mean, if you're Philly and you're looking at trading Simmons or Embiid, who do you trade them to where you feel like you get enough value in return? I don't know. But they don't fit together. I, I mean, when your top four is Ben Simmons, who, as good as he is, is no threat on offense outside of the paint, and you pair him with two guys who are pretty post-dominant and paint-dominant in Al Horford and Joel Embiid, and another player who's probably half and half, but still isn't a great outside threat in Tobias Harris. I don't really know what you expect to get from that. I, I can tell you what they made the mistake. You know what? Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they don't work the best together. And, you know, that's fine. I think that's fine. If you don't pair them up with two power forwards. Yeah. It's having a center and three power forwards essentially – on the on the same lineup like yeah. yeah sure joel and bead can shoot from outside sure al horford can shoot from outside but they're not 40 percent shot sh- shooters they're not they lost they lost butler last year and got really desperate to fill that hole yeah absolutely and they could have i i think i i'm still a believer that simmons and Embiid can work but you have to build a shooter-only team around them. You cannot worry about anything yeah. else. You cannot yeah. give max money to Tobias Harris, who's a tweener 3-4, who doesn't shoot 40%, who plays pretty average defense. You can't give max money and fill up your contract with that. And then on top of that, you can't trade for uh, an aging center whose only good thing is a corner three and maybe some post hooks. Yeah, and what's funny to me is that two guys that they've given up recently are guys that I think would fit really well with uh, Simmons and Embiid and guys like Landry Shamit and Robert Covington. Yep. Now, given they gave up Covington to get Butler, but you did it to get one season of Butler, and he's another guy that as much as I like Butler, he's just not the best fit with those two. No. Especially personality-wise, because I have a hard time believing that Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid got along. Well, the thing about Jimmy Butler is you and me know this as Bulls fans is he wants to do one thing, and that's work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. And this comes back to me saying that Brett Brown had created a loser's mentality where they didn't care about working hard. And they cared about looking good, and they cared about their Instagram post, and they cared about what they tweeted and what they looked like. 
always, and they really didn't care about working hard. Jimmy Butler came into a situation where he's like, hey, let's, you know, let's work hard, win ball games. Nah, nah, we'll figure it out on pure talent alone. And I think that's where they went wrong. I, I think I think Jimmy Butler may not have been the best fit skill-wise. I think he could have made it work, but personality-wise, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's tough. I that it just goes back. I don't know where you go from here if you're Philly, because I mean you're locked into contracts with all four of those guys. So if you really want to switch things up, you got to trade one. But other than Harris, I don't really know how valuable those guys are to other teams. I mean, I really think a guy that would help them right now is like a Bradley Beal or uh, Bradley Beal. Would be great for them, actually. I think I think he'd be uh, decently on the trade block. Yep, I one hundred percent. What do you have to get him from? What do you have to get him, dude? If I'm Washington, you're gonna do one of two things. You're either gonna fire me with Bradley Beal, or I'm gonna make it work with Bradley Beal. I am not trading Bradley Beal unless you give me a Brooklyn Nets type haul for him. That's what I'm saying. And you're not going to get that from the Sixers. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't know where you go from here if you're. Fighting. I don't, I don't think they can go because, anywhere. I think they're locked. It's just praying that those four work out isn't going to. It's not a personality clash. It's just a game style clash. And yeah. those guys aren't changing their games unless Ben Simmons somehow turns into Porzingis. There, I don't see them doing too much different than they did this year. Yeah, I, I it, could not agree with you. It kind of sucks for me that Philly has gone down this route because I was really excited to see how they play after the whole uh, process and tanking because there's no denying they have a lot of talent on that roster and have had a lot of talent on that roster pass through. Even guys like Michael Carter-Williams that showed they were legit for a little while. And it just – I feel like they've hit a ceiling. Yep, I could not agree more. They're, I you could argue that they've got more talent on their roster than Toronto does, yet Toronto and them are on completely different spectrums as far as results. You know, and <laughs> I don't like to blame coaches all the time, but that's Nick Nurse versus Brett Brown. Oh, absolutely. That's Nick, definitely a big part of it. Nick Nurse has turned Pascal Siakam from most improved player to MVP candidate which is wild to think about. They lost Kawhi, and I was all but assuming it's over for Toronto. They won their one championship. You know, have fun with it. Um, maybe in a few years again. But in no world was I thinking, yeah, they're contenders again. They lose Kawhi, don't pick up another star player, and they're contenders again. Nick Nurse is the best coach in, in basketball right now. Well, he just won coach of the year, I think, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's the best coach in basketball. With, and there's, I don't even think there's an argument for anyone else right now. Meanwhile, on Philly's side, but I, I mean, he's he's definitely up there. Him, Pop, Steve Kerr, uh, and I I think Brad Stevens is a heck of a coach too. He's still got a little ways to go, just because he doesn't have that seasoning yet, but. He, I think he's going to be pop level by the time it's all said and done. You know, if if I wasn't a Bulls fan and I just didn't have to endure eight months of Jim Boylan, 
um, where I was probably the most checked out of NBA basketball I have been in my 21 years on this earth. I would say that Brett Brown's the worst coach in the NBA, but I had to sit through Jim Boylan, so Jim Boylan wins that argument. I would say Brett Brown just for the fact that he's got a lot more to work with and just still underperforming. Yeah, fair, fair. I'm letting personal personal emotions conflict that. Um, but, yeah, I, I just – to wrap up the Sixers, and I just – I feel like they have to, I guess, try to find teams to trade Horford and Harris to, eat contracts, and then just find random shooters. Just I they they don't have to be Steph Curry they don't have to be Clay Thompson but you know guys that fit roles like Landry Shamit the the JJ Redick types the guys that you can just stick in a corner and say this is this is what we're gonna do Simmons you're gonna bring the ball up Joel you're gonna go hit a post up shot you're gonna go post up everyone else find yourself a wing in a corner and we're gonna make something happen on the fly no set plays run transition 24/7 and that's what we're gonna try to do. And I think that's the the only way you can even maybe make something work. But I think I think the Sixers cap themselves out. Yeah, they're, they're in a tough spot. Yeah. Uh, um, how do you see the playoffs shaking out the rest of the way? You know, I think I think LeBron and AD have figured it out. Um, the the Lakers are that good. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not gonna say I'm not a huge fan of the Lakers. I'm not a huge fan of the Lakers fan base. I think they're as toxic as any other big market fan base there is, if not more. Um, but AD looks insane right now. Anthony Davis looks like the Anthony Davis we've expected. LeBron looks like LeBron. Um, he's, he's arguably the best player of all time. Um, he, it's LeBron. It's LeBron in the playoffs, man. No, let, let's set, let's set some... this straight right now. Let, let's set this straight now. He is the best player of all time. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, is he, the best pure basketball player of all time. Jordan, no contest, had the better career, the better legacy, but LeBron is the best pure basketball player. I I refuse to argue that point because there's nothing to argue. There's six foot nine, two hundred and fifty pounds of pure muscle can pass, shoot, dunk, the whole package. So, yeah, you're right. And LeBron in the playoffs is even scarier than LeBron in the regular season. MJ is still the GOAT, but I think there's a difference between greatest and best, you know? Yep. Like, MJ's got the impeccable finals record. He always hit the big shot. Um, but I, I talked about this before. I, I think part of the finals records is that LeBron had an easier path to the finals, but has played harder competition in the finals. MJ never had to play a team like his uh, Wolves for a stretch of four years. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm and with you. MJ, MJ had a harder path to the finals. I mean, he had to play the Bad Boys, Pistons, Larry Bird, Celtics. But in the finals, I don't know that he faced quite the stiff competition as LeBron did. Yep. No, I'm with you with all that, but LeBron's turning up in the playoffs. I'm expecting the Lakers to come out of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I I really think I could care less about anything else that happens um, because at the end of the day, we know LeBron's going to be there. Uh, in the East, I think it's going to come down to Bucks Raptors, and uh, I don't know where it's going to go. That's interesting that you say that because I actually uh... – I think the winner of 
Raptors Celtics series in the second round is going to be the team that makes the finals. Yeah, I, the Celtics look good. The Celtics look yeah, good. Yeah, they look real good. And they're deep. I, I just Milwaukee doesn't look that good right now. They look lost. Yeah, Chris. You got guys getting infected, throwing chairs on the end of the bench. I, I don't like the spot Milwaukee's in right now. Yeah, and I guess if there's one criticism anyone can have for Giannis is he doesn't have that playoff experience, that playoff reputation. Uh, when we're talking about best player in the NBA today, uh, like right now, uh, I, I'm hoping Giannis really rallies that group because I think the Bucks on paper are insanely good. But let me tell you who does not get enough talk is Jason Tatum. I say not enough talk. He gets plenty. But that dude – is going to be a problem for a good 15 years. He's disgusting. So is Jalen Brown. Um, it really doesn't get better than those two. Sure, with Kemba. They're pretty. They're starting good. Yeah. So, but I, I, I think it's Raptors Lakers in the finals, and I think the Lakers take it in six. That, that's my final. That's how I think the playoffs are going to happen. Yeah. Stamp it down. Lakers and Lakers over Raptors in six. I do. I, I mean, I'll say I think uh, Celtics, uh, Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals and Lakers in the Western Finals. I think both of those will go longer than the actual finals. Yeah. I, 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 I would be shocked if those series go to seven, and I honestly think that the finals will end in six. I, I got Lakers over Celtics. Well, Lakers-Celtics, that'll be a classic battle, without a doubt. Without a Here doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing that's happening in the NBA right now, the, the lottery just happened. And thank goodness our team got a top four pick. That's all I have to say. It's the first time the Bulls have ever been blessed with anything. I mean, we never. That. Um, what really sucks about the number four pick is that this draft is weak. Yeah, there's a big drop-off after the top three, I think. Yes, there is. Someone will have to slip. Um, but getting the first pick, the Timberwolves, Golden State. Um, who got the three pick? Knicks? No, Knicks? no, Knicks got the eighth. Ooh. Yeah, that's a talking point. Um, who did get the third pick? I'll just cut this out. That'll be simple enough. Um, yeah, I'm looking that up. Charlotte. Char Charlotte. Hornets got the third pick, and the Bulls got the fourth pick. Um, those are kind of like your locks. The Bulls are the ones that jumped the Knicks, who fell all the way to eight. But when we're talking about the top, you know, top three, I think it's a, it's a decently strong top three. Um, but it kind of falls off. Wiseman, Lamelo, and Edwards are extremely good. Um, all of them, I think, have bright NBA futures ahead of them. After that, uh, especially without. I don't know. March. I'm not gonna say March Madness is some kind of, some kind of all you know tell all, but we really didn't get to see or hear a lot of the hype from these guys um, because of the lack of college basketball this year, and it makes me question a lot of these guys in the way that like are these superstars that deserve a top five pick or are they more your your sixth seventh man off the bench types? That that's how I'm feeling about this draft. 
I think there's a lot of question marks. I think there's some guys like uh, Tyrese Halliburton who have shown flashes in their year in college, but again, I mean, we did thankfully lose, but still, I mean, drafts are a crapshoot. You look at like 2013 where there's almost more impact players in the uh, second half of the first round than there were in the first half of the first round. Yep. It, it's it's tough. I mean, when you take guys from playing in college, and some of these guys, like, Wiseman looks legit, but playing at Memphis, uh, they're not exactly playing the best guys in the country. And you take, take those guys and put them in the NBA, and they there's no minor leagues, there's no seasoning. You're just you're thrown in there. It, it's a bit of a crapshoot. Yeah, I could not agree more. Um, who do you have first going first overall? Um, let's see. Timberwolves are picking. I would say they got to take Edwards, right? Yeah. Yep. That's where that's where my thoughts are exactly. You can't Wiseman and Towns. I mean, they would be doing the exact opposite of what the NBA is trying to do, but that would be quite the experiment. I think, I think Edwards paired well with Dula. Yeah, I agree. Um, which leaves so Golden my, State Wiseman. That's that's my question. Well, my question is, if you're Golden State, do you take Wiseman or do you trade that pick and try to get somebody that'll help your team now? Somebody, somebody that you feel can have a bigger impact in the next three, four years than somebody like Wiseman, maybe. Because I do think he fits their team well on paper. But do they want to go with a rookie when they could potentially flip a high-value pick like that for somebody they feel might make a bigger impact now? What I'm worried about is with the lack of tape on Wiseman and the question marks is it's not going to bring enough uh, value in that's worth it. Like Wiseman on paper could be a uh, – the Carl Anthony Towns type of what – you know this draft could be but on the flip side of that i i'm pretty sure a lot of teams are very hesitant about trading picks right now i, yeah. I just take wiseman i i i would just take wiseman you're getting curry you're getting clay you have draymond you have wiseman and you're gonna go and make you a nice championship run do they hang on to wiggins Yeah, I guess so. I mean, what else do you do with him? Ain't nobody trading for Wiggins. <laughs> Tell you that much. Now, now here's a very off-the-wall trade idea, and I don't think it makes a ton of sense from Philly's perspective, but Wiggins, to make salaries match, number two pick, assuming it's probably going to be Wiseman, maybe another pick or two, to uh, Philly for Simmons because I think Simmons would pair really well with Clay and stuff. Yeah, I would do that from Golden State side, but I don't see any world with the Sixers. Yeah. And they definitely can't trade for Embiid. The, they, they Are they, do you think maybe if they're enamored with Lamelo? No, 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 no. Why doesn't fit that team? But. No, 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 no. I, I think any team that's – I think the Golden State Warriors would be absolute idiots for taking LaMelo Ball. No, I'm saying that they trade the pick to uh, Philly. I think Philly would also be stupid for taking LaMelo Ball. <laughs> Somebody's got to take it. 
and it's going to be a team that has nothing to lose, like the Charlotte Hornets and the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Please be the Bulls. I'm ready for the auto ticket. Bro, here's what would happen with the Bulls. Is Zach Levine takes 35 shots a game, and I will. I love Zach Levine. Absolutely love Zach Levine. Zach Levine takes some of the stupidest shots I've ever seen an NBA player take. He takes turnaround post fadeaway threes from 10 feet off the wing and makes them, but misses them most of the time with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Um, Lamelo also does the exact same thing. He's just not good at it. You know what would be painful for Lamelo, having to sit there in in. Uh, <laughs> Be like, oh, this is what my teammates feel like when I'm taking shots from half court and shooting nine for 47 in the Australian Basketball League. This is what it feels like. Boy, Zach Levine and LaMelo Ball would put up 120 shots a game. In some games, the Bulls would score 180 points. In other games, we would score 27. Yeah. But guess what? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Take him. I'm here for it. So yeah, real quick, we'll just uh, yes or no. Do you think they're gonna be consistent all-star caliber player with the top three draft, Edwards, Wiseman, and Lamella? I believe there will be one, and that will be Edwards. I I think Edwards and Wiseman. I'm not sold on Lamella. I'm not. I'm sold on Edwards. I'm. Not sold on Wiseman or or Lamelo. I'm more sold on Wiseman than I am on Lamelo, but Wiseman scares me with kind of where today's NBA is going, and I'm not sure if he's gonna be. He can't. I think he's athletic enough. I think he's athletic enough. What What scares me is if he tries to do too much and just ends up being a guy I, I really don't have a good comp for it i probably could if i sat here and thought about it for another 10 minutes but i'm not going to do that what uh, it scares me is him trying to do too much and being like a, a lamar odom light a guy whose shot never really figures it out um, maybe a couple other things come along but he's not that fantastic but i think that's the bottom end for him which is extremely good which is extremely good lamar lamar odom light is not bad but he has, I, he has the upside I, to be Chris Webber. I am tantalized by Wiseman's potential. Wiseman has all the potential to be Chris Webber, and Chris Webber should be a Hall of Famer. So that's where that's at. Yeah. Hey, well, he'd be Chris Webber, except he's 7-1 on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, he, he would be the same version of that. Yeah. yeah he, I he, mean, he on the floor. for 7 he is ridiculously athletic. Yep. I agree. Um. But obviously, clear cut three here. I think it goes Edwards, Ed- Edwards, Wiseman, Lamelo, and then, man, dude, I just want the Bulls to take a risk on somebody, yeah, just for once. Look, Laurie Marketing wasn't that big of a risk, but it was a risk, and it turned out well. I think Laurie Marketing can be a very oh, valuable um, player. Yeah. yeah, until Boylan is just an absolute idiot, but that's besides the point. Um. And, but the Bulls are notorious for taking safe picks, and I'm tired of it because it doesn't get you anywhere. Taking guys who slot into the seventh spot in a rotation doesn't get you out of the lottery. And I feel yeah. like that's that's what the Bulls have done. That's what a couple other teams have done. 
Um, and I want to, especially this kind of round in the draft in general, not just talking about the Bulls, but the draft in general this year, there's going to be a lot of question marks. We didn't get to see these guys in college. We didn't get all these mixtape pipes. We didn't get months and months and months and months of draft analysts. Um, so I want to see question marks. I want to see guys pick that aren't, you know, your top tier guys. I want to see risk be taken. That That's my final two cents on this draft. Yeah, my quick take on the Bulls, just uh, we're kind of stuck in the middle. I think Levine and Carter and Mark and, it give, and Kobe White give us enough to keep us out of the top four or five, at least in the standings. Obviously, we jumped up in the lottery this year. I think, what were we sitting before, seven? Yeah. Seven or eight? Eight. That's where the so Knicks got taken. We got, so we, we, got a little, we got a little lucky in the lottery. Um but we're not bad enough to be sitting top three to really get a chance at a, uh, at a slam dunk uh, potential player. Yep. But we're not good enough to actually be a even somewhat contender. Um, as much as I like Levine, he's not going to be the best player on a legitimate playoff team. No. And so we're just stuck in the middle. I mean, we need a star to be able to make that next jump, but we're not bad enough to put ourselves in position to get that star. So yep. we have to take these question mark uh, swing, big swing picks, and we haven't really done that. Yep, I, mean, I take, agree. Taking guys like Doug McDermott and Denzel Valentine aren't going to get you a superstar. No, they do not move the needle at all. Taking a guy like Giannis at 15 might not pan out, but if it does, you're set. Yeah. No, I, I could not agree more with that. Um, last last little bit here. Do you think having March Madness helped or hurt um, this draft? Um, I almost want to say helped because – there were some guys – I mean, some of the guys at the top of the draft board weren't from stud teams. I mean, you had Edwards at Georgia. You had Wiseman at Memphis. LaMelo, not, obviously not even playing in March Madness. Halliburton at Iowa State. So I got to say it helped them. Yep. Yep, I, I agree. I think it helped. I'm personally glad so we didn't have to hear uh, you know, March Madness kind of ruin some guys' stock. I also, or hell, yeah, help. I also think it uh, saved – you got guys like – like I don't know if Dante Divincenzo really was a first rounder. No, heaven. had a couple had a couple good games in the tournament, and they're like, "Oh, wait a minute." Heavens, no, man! I was saying that from the moment he started to get any oh, Sports Center yeah. hype, because a white dude was hitting a few threes and dunking a couple balls, and people were going insane and <laughs> yeah, stupid, stupid, stupid. So I'm personally glad that we don't have those narratives to wrap it around here. But, uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap us up here. But I don't miss the narratives. No, no, you're completely right. But I think that's going to wrap us up here for our inaugural podcast. We'll obviously have more content coming forward as we start to expand our branches here. But thank you guys for tuning in.